If you will, turn in your Bibles to the 125th Psalm, Psalm 125, uh, as we continue our study through the Word. Now, you'll remember that Psalms 120 through Psalms 134, that these are known as the, the songs of ascent. And so as the pilgrims would make their way to Jerusalem, these were the psalms that they would sing and, and they would chorus uh, out. And, and so this 125th Psalm is amongst those uh, psalms uh, here and and this psalm really talks about the Lord as the strength of his people. Verse 1 says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides uh, forever. And as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. So, Jerusalem is set up on a hill, but there are these mountains and peaks that are around it, and so it is well fortified. And by that, much in the same way we live in the valley, we look around and there are the, the hills that surround us here, and we are in the valley. So Jerusalem sits with these hills that are fortified uh, around it. And, and so we see here that there is a, a safety and a security that is there. The psalmist here likens to God's people to be those who are surrounded by him, safe, protected. God, God surrounds you. God is your protector. And here we see this great imagery. Now, once again, the geography lends itself as these pilgrims are ascending up to Jerusalem and, and they are coming to the summit, say, here and, and these mountain tops. And, and so, verse 3, For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. Here we see once again God being our protector and the scepter of righteousness we see as compared to the scepter of wickedness. Christ rules in righteousness and when the wicked now are in power, in authority, we see here that it is saying that it, it makes the righteous to reach out their hands to iniquity. When a good king sits on the land, the land is blessed, but when a wicked king sits upon the land then the land trembles uh, and so iniquity spreads and and here we see that God is going to be the one that is going to keep his hand upon the nation of Israel verse 4 do good O Lord to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts and and here once again you see the the psalmist remember that they're on a pilgrimage they have left their jobs they've left their homes and they are coming to worship and to focus their their hearts uh, on the lord and and as they're coming to worship they are thinking about those people that want nothing to do with worship those people that want to just continue to live their lives and do whatever it is that they want to. But these are the pilgrims. These are the ones that have come with, with offerings in their hands. They're excited to come and to meet with God. I'm always excited every week to come into the house of the Lord and to gather together with worshipers and to bring our, our worship. Worship was sweet. We brought, a, we brought an offering of worship tonight. 
tonight to the Lord. We bring an offering of praise in our hearts and an offering of thanksgiving, a time to stop what we're doing and to come to the house of the Lord, come to worship. And so these pilgrims have come from from all throughout the nation and and also they would come even from the Jews from the other countries uh, would come and make their pilgrimage to the feasts and and so what a what a joy is in their hearts and and here are these pilgrims now do good O Lord to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts the worshipers that are coming are upright in their hearts they are desirous to bring those offerings to the Lord and to meet with God. What can be more exciting than meeting with God? If you had an appointment next week at seven o'clock with God. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I got a busy week next week. I'm squeezing God uh, into my schedule. But yet that's what we do when we come to to the house of the Lord. We have a meeting with God. God says this, he says, where two or more are gathered together, guess what? There I am, right, into your midst. You see, we can worship God individually and privately, but but God desires us to corporately come together. And and so here we see that these pilgrims are, are coming up. Now, remember, the Jews, they had a local place where God had put his finger on the earth, and he said, this is where I am to be found. But now in the new covenant, wherever two or more are gathered, there I am. And so now no longer is a place of geography. We see that it is now a a spiritual connection of community is the residence of, of God. It was between the cherubim, the two cherubim that sat on the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant, the lid of it is called the mercy seat, and there's the two cherubim that face each other. It was between the two cherubim that God's location of his presence here upon this earth was manifest. But now it's not between two cherubim, listen to this, it's between two believers. That when two believers come together, that that God now says, I'm going to dwell right there, right between any two believers that that there are. And and so the the excitement of, you know, you you go to synagogue, you, you pray in your local communities, but now it was time to come to the presence of God and how special that was. And, and we have that every single time that, that we gather, we, we pilgrimage into our worship center and now the Holy Spirit, the presence of God comes and blesses and, and, and he honors our obedience to gather together with his presence. And, and so we see verse five, as for such as turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them away with the workers of iniquity, peace, be upon Israel. And so, again, the, the worshipers are dividing into two groups, the group that worships and the group that doesn't worship. And the group that doesn't worship, we see that, that they just say, Lord, you, you take care of them. <laughs> as far as me and my house, we will worship the, the Lord. And so, just the, the joyous ascent to Jerusalem. Psalm 126, uh, now we have, again, another song of ascent. All of these that we're going to look at uh, here this evening are are categorized by this song of ascents. And 
And we see now that, that you'll remember how the nation had sinned and gone into captivity into Babylon and then they came out of that exile and they came back to the, to the nation and God placed them once again in the land and what joy they had when they were returning back to the land that God had given to them, that they had been chastised and, and had to depart. It was 70 years that they were in Babylon and, and now they were able to come back, but not all of them came back and not all of them came back all at once. And, and here we see in verse one, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. It was like, pinch me, this is too good to be true that we get to come home that we get to come back to our land once again that we get to come back to Jerusalem and to the holy city and and when they came back the temple had been destroyed it was in disarray and but they couldn't wait to once again rebuild this temple and start worshiping God they they had sinned and departed from God's law and God's word God said that if you will obey I will keep you and protect you in the land but if you disobey me I will cast you out of the land and they did not obey God's word and God took them out of the land, but their chastisement was over and now they could return again. And what joy there was in their hearts when they got to return again. Then our mouth was filled with what? Oh, with laughter and our tongue with singing. And then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. The nations declared that this was a mighty thing. There was great opposition to, to the Jews when they come back to rebuild, but yet God was for them and no opposition can stop God's will. No opposition can stop God's will. If God be for you, who is against you? And I want you to know tonight that God is for you that God is absolutely for you and God is with you. And so here they, they were glad, they were laughing and singing, it was like a dream. It's like this is, this is too good to be true. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Here the, the prayer was bring everybody back. Bring everybody back. And those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. And he who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. They wept in Babylon. They wept when they were taken into captivity, when, when their sin now had come due. Sin always has a price tag with it. And they were accruing this debt and then finally now it came to bear and they, and they wept. They lost their land. The grace of God on their sin had run out and now there was consequence that they endured and, and there was great weeping and they were weeping and longing for God. And, and it says that those who sow in tears shall shall reap in joy. And, and so when, when we long for God, when we 
hunger for him, when we sorrow over our sin, when we repent, we are going to, to experience the, the joy of reconciliation with God. And, and God will once again show his face and draw you near to himself and, and you will rejoice. Remember that in his presence is the fullness of of joy, and so when we are sorrowing and weeping over our sin, we're repenting. What separates us from God is our sin, but when we repent, then we see that that distancing of our sin is removed, and we once again come back in, into the presence. When you sorrow over your sin, you're sorrowing over that which has estranged you from the intimacy and the fellowship and the communion with God, and so, he who sows in tears, he who sorrows over his sin, you absolutely are going to reap in joy. Psalm 127, we see, is once again a psalm of a sense. This one is attributed to Solomon, and, and we see here that, that it is upon just the blessing of the Lord and how important it is that God is the one that is, is blessing us, that we are not seeking to build our own life, but that we are yielding ourselves to a life that God is building. You remember that Jesus talked about building your life upon the rock or building your life upon the, the sand. Building upon your sand is doing what's right in your own eyes and, and just constructing your, your own own life. Building it upon the rock is building it upon the principles of the word of God and allowing God to bless you. It's going at the speed that God would have you to go instead of racing at your own speed in your own life. When you build your own life, when you do your own thing, when you run at your own pace, that's building it on the sand. And it says that when the storms and the seas and the trials come upon life, that that house is going gonna, is gonna to fall. The foundation is not solid, and so it will not bear up over a person's lifetime. But when you build it upon the, the rock, when you trust God, let God lead you, let God make the decisions for you, yield to him, humble yourself, and pray, then God is going to construct a life that is bulletproof. It's going to be a life that's built upon the rock. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have trials and tribulations. We know that we are going to have trials and tribulations, but what will happen is the life won't collapse under those trials and tribulations. And so when Solomon here is going to talk about laboring under the Lord instead of just laboring ourselves, it says in verse 1, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And so the flurry of activity and, and success and popularity and all of these things does not measure and mark the, the, those that are going to be blessed of the Lord. Unless the Lord is leading it, then it is going to be vanity. You remember that Jesus says, what is a prosper a man if he gains the whole world but loses his Loses his soul, loses his life, loses his relationship with God. And so here, unless the Lord builds the house, builds your life, then, man, you're laboring in vain. And unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. You can put watchmen on the walls and here comes the enemy, but if God is not the one that's going to fight for you, then how are you going to defend yourself against your enemy? You're, you're just going to be using your own resources and we know that our own resources are, are never going to supply the need in our life. And so, unless 
God is for you, then, then posting watchmen on the wall is vanity. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he gives his beloved sleep. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late. He's talking about anxiety. He's talking about anxiousness. He's, he's talking about being worried and, and, and you're wringing your hands and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do and, and all of these things instead of uh, trusting in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And when the Lord is directing your path, what does he give you? Sweet sleep. Even though you're in the midst of great trial, you will rest, you will sleep. Why? Because God's got it. God's bigger than your problems, amen? amen? And so we're either wrestling our own problems, we're sleepless, we're eating the bread of sorrows, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do, or we're just trusting the Lord. Lord, you just lead, you just guide, I'll just follow, you've got this. And we sleep well. And so... Mm. Here again, trusting the Lord. Behold, children are a heritage, verse three, from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. And like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. And so here again, children are a gift from God. He gives us that gift here. And so the arrows in the hand of a warrior here it's talking about families and what a blessing a family is and and god is the one that ordained marriage and god is the one that then blesses marriage with children and then children are the family and the extended family and your children's children and and the heritage that passes on that's that is the the blessing of god's design and so Happy is the man, verse 5, whose quiver is full of them. And they shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. Your quiver is your, your family. Blessed is the man. Happy is the man who's, who's got a full quiver. So in other words, it's talking about the number of children that you have. What's the right number of children you should have? A quiverful. I think some people have a have at least you know a, a two or three quiver, and then a four quiver, and a five quiver, and you know and that and that's the size of your quiver is the number of arrows that are there. And once again, I think that there isn't a, a number. We see that God says, "Go forth and what." multiply God does go forth and multiply and so if you were to ask me biblically what is the right number of children I would say that it is more than two because I think that two replaces right so two you didn't multiply if two people get married and then they have two kids they didn't multiply they just replaced themselves God said go forth and what and multiply and so i think that biblically i would make the argument uh, for more than two would be a multiplication of the two that became one so that's just my opinion on that psalm 128 blessings uh, 
of those who fear the long, who fear the Lord. This is, again, the blessedness of a person who is honoring God and wanting to do those things that please God. Blessed, verse one, is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. And to me in that verse, what strikes me is everyone. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and who walks in, in his ways. Now remember what the fear of the Lord is? Again, it means that you're concerned with what God thinks about something. And so you want his opinion on everything in your life. Blessed is the person who, who, who wants to know what God's opinion is on, on everything, who walks in his ways. And so once again, Jesus talked about broad is the path that leads into destruction, but narrow is the way that leads unto eternal life and difficult and, and hard to be able to navigate that. But Blessed is every single person who walks that path. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy and it shall be well with you. And, and once again, what does that talk about? It means being productive. We were made to work. We were made to be productive. When we're given a free lunch, we don't feel good about ourselves. Uh, when we eat out of the, the, the own product of our hands, we're, we're happy. We have self-worth. We feel like we're accomplishing something in our lives. And, and so the eating the labor of your hands, he says, your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house and your children like olive plants all around your table. And, and so once again, just the, the gathering of family, the fruitfulness of a family. This is God's design. God wants you to be blessed. He wants your family to love one another, to enjoy one another, to, to minister and to bless uh, one another and in that home, bringing our, our Christian life into our homes, into our marriages, into our families. And, and this is now this description. It says, behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. What is the source of the blessing? What's the source of the blessing? Here it is right here. The person who is going to be blessed is a person who fears the Lord. It means that they understand and recognize and want to submit their ways to God's ways. And, and so here we have it. The Lord bless you out of Zion and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life yes may you see your children's and children and peace be upon israel and so here we just see as they are headed up they're ascending up to jerusalem to worship god and and so may the lord bless you out of zion why because god said that there in the temple is where my presence will be. So the blessing from God is going to bless. It's going to come from Zion. It's going to come from Jerusalem. It's going to come from God's presence. May he bless you out of Zion. And may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. And so once again, praying that blessing upon Jerusalem. Peace be upon Jerusalem. And yes, may you see your children's and children. And so once again, the blessing of grandchildren and living to where you see your children's and children. 
And he ends and closes the psalm with peace. Peace be upon Israel. Psalm 129, we see here that this is going to be one where in conflict, in trial, in tribulation, we're either going to trust in our own strength or we're going to trust in the Lord. It's going to come down to that. And here again, the psalmist is just exhorting us that, that we need to trust in the Lord. And, and so it begins, many a time they have afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say he tells them, now you repeat it. And so many a time they have afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed uh, against me. And so here again, we see the provision of God's protection that goes forth uh, in our lives. Now, we are able to say our testimony as Christians is, is that many a times we have been afflicted uh, in our faith, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed uh, on my back. They made long furrows. They made their furrows uh, long. But the Lord is righteous and he has cut in pieces the cords uh, of the wicked. And so though the, the wicked may bind you, God is the one that cuts the, the cords and sets you free. <laughs> and who the Son sets free? is free indeed you have been cut free of the cords of wickedness you have been cut free from the cords of sin and bondage and addiction you have been set free from those snares of the enemy that he has entrapped us uh, with and and washed and cleansed and redeemed in the blood of the lamb and and so the wicked does not and prosper wicked is overthrown and and redemption given back even what the locusts uh, have eaten have stolen in your life and and so here we see just that encouragement in your life to trust the Lord encouragement in in my life to trust the Lord and know that the, the that the cords of the wicked he cuts them in pieces let all those who hate Zion be put to shame and turned back let all of those that are against God's people be put to shame and turned back. It is interesting that anti-Semitism is on the rise throughout the, the world right now. There is just a, a hatred against God's people. And here we see that, that this is a prayer against those who, who hate Zion, who hate God's people. And we know who the author of hate is and hate for God's people. And, and so that is straight out of the pit of hell. Anti-Semitism is straight from the pit of hell. Whenever you hear it, whenever you see it, you know that Satan is active. That is the work. He is the one that stirs that up in the hearts of men. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness and high places. He is the one that orchestrates hatred in every way, shape, and form. It is orchestrated by Satan, and, and we see that love is orchestrated by God. God tells us to love everybody and that we are not to hate anybody we're to hate sin but not hate the sinner because we all fall short amen
And so there's none righteous, no, not one of us that is righteous. And so let all those who hate Zion be put to shame and turned back. Let them be as the grass on the housetops which withers before it and grows up. And, and so they would put sod on their roofs and, and of course the, the sun would kill the grass that is, that is there and they would just have then these sod roofs that are there. In verse 7, with which the reaper does not fill his hand, nor he who binds sheaves his arms, neither let those who pass by them say, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. And so here we see that once again, the, the prayer against those that are against God's people and and so I want to close our study right in here and and let's go ahead and just pray right now. Heavenly Father, we just, we come to you, Lord. We thank you for the privilege of worship, the privilege of gathering together, the privilege of just a blessing, Lord, of receiving your blessings and in your direction, Lord. And so, Father, as we just, uh, as we just go forth, would you just continue to, Lead us and guide us into your truth, Lord. May your word continue to be a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. And it's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.